I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Redfall is here and the reviews are mixed. Jedi Survivor is broken on PC and Zelda is in the wild. This is VGC, a video game podcast with me, Jordan Midler, Andy Robinson and Lucy James. How are we doing, folks? Lucy, thanks for joining us this week. Doing well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm going to ask the boring question we ask all of our international guests. Is it nice and early over there? It's 8am. So it's not too bad, actually. Yeah, I'd normally good. be doing morning mess at this time, so it's but like, yeah, you guys are used to starting early, right? I mean, I didn't really appreciate that you kind of like the US. I mean, you'd know this because you've been on both sides, but I didn't appreciate mm. until recently that the time zone helps us a lot on the news cycle, right? Yeah. Because the US guys can kind of oh, get up yeah. and do a show and the news is out there. Yeah. Oh, what was it? I mean, the, oh, the, um, I think when From Software randomly announced the Elden Ring DLC, everyone in our news Slack was going, what are they doing? It's five o'clock in the morning. Yeah. No one's awake. Why have they done this? So yeah, it's a, it's a good mix, I think. Yeah. So this would be the time that Jeff Grubb drags you out of bed and makes you do a news show. Instead, we're dragging you out of bed to make you do a news show. <laughs> exactly. That's what, that's what Jeff Grubb gets, frankly. Um, this week... He deserves it. Yeah, he does. He deserves everything bad coming to him. And uh, I hope <laughs> I, I'm able to tell him that in person soon enough. But we shall see. Um this week it's a bit wild there's a there's a big old game on the horizon and it's not so on the horizon for some people as our first story states warning zelda is in the wild the legend of zelda tears of the kingdom has leaked online nearly two weeks ahead of official release on monday images and videos from the game from the opening sections appeared across social media you could not avoid them someone was even streaming it on twitch for half an hour my question is lucy how do we ever stop this stuff happening I mean, I, I don't think you can. You can't bottle that stuff back up again at this point. And I mean, this I mean, this happens pretty frequently, I would say. I mean, I remember when Kingdom Hearts 3 leaked and they put it all on Pornhub. So, <laughs> you know, the, like I remember that opening cutscene and there was a point where we were like, we cannot watch this in the office. We will get fired, but we have to somehow <laughs> verify that it is live. But no, I mean, I think the thing is as well, it's Nintendo famously uh very protective over their ip super chill about this kind of thing super chill about it they're just like hey guys can you do me a favor take this down no i mean you're always gonna have people who are gonna break street date especially on a game like zelda you are always gonna have people who are gonna who think it's worth risking it for that tiny bit of clout to get stuff up and on there i mean like look at the people who um who leaked gta 6 as well right um is it worth it? Because companies like Rockstar and Nintendo will take you to court and in the case of Nintendo, maybe, you know, make you pay hundreds of thousands of dollars over the rest of the course of the rest of your lifespan. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know what else there is to do to deter people because that guy is very famously in the news very, very recently. And yet people are still leaking it. I mean, if you if you bought it from a special shop and you maybe don't know that embargoes are a thing, 
I guess you could maybe, maybe they should start putting the review embargoes on the on the front of boxes. but this is this is a uniquely nintendo problem right and it's become pretty widespread now it feels like every big first party release they've had for probably i'd say at least 18 months now because some switch emulation is has been Mm. cracked um you know this stuff spreads way quicker than if this was just a guy with a with a you know with a cartridge early you know posting stuff on reddit which is how it seemed to start they could crack down on that, right? And Nintendo do have the, as you say, the, the kind of the legal ninjas to jump on that and make sure it doesn't spread too much. It's the fact that it just gets uploaded and now everyone, you know, seemingly is playing this game in the kind of the dark areas of the web. And um, th- that, that's the reason for it is because Switch is easily emulated because Nintendo, unlike the other two, obviously is, is uh, kind of older hardware. And um, and also because, you know, and I guess this is sad to say, is that on Switch you can still plug a physical game in and just play it, you know, offline, right? Mm. I mean, this is the reason Jedi Survivor didn't leak in this manner is because you had to download bloody 100 gigabytes or something to play the thing. And that's yeah. the... Oh, 150, 157, oh, yeah. was it? You know, and I do, I do wonder where this goes because, um, you know, this is not Nintendo's first rodeo here. I mean, like in the DS days, you remember the... What was that chip? Is the R four chip? Was it the card or whatever yep. it was? Piracy was became absolutely widespread on that console, and then third parties just started abandoning it. I mean, they're probably a, a bit far, far down the line with Switch to worry about that, but it does make me wonder whether they'll kind of push ahead a bit quicker with kind of jumping off because, I mean, people people think it doesn't hurt, but it, it you know it, it does. You know, um, piracy uh, kind of does hurt their bottom line even if it's a small percentage it's still kind of millions and millions of dollars that they're losing to this and it's more i guess more importantly for nintendo than the money is the confidence around the system from other companies because that's what i'd be thinking now if i was like a square enix or something like that like imagine switch was a bit earlier and a bit more powerful i'd be thinking twice about putting my big game on switch because i'd know that it's going to end up on the internet like this yeah I wonder if it ever transitions to them doing what they did with Metroid Prime Remastered and they say, we're going to start with a digital release and then we'll do mm. physical two months down the line or anything like that. Like, is the is the joint release such a significant marketing beat that they have to keep it that way? Or, because I mean, Lucy mentioned the special shop, Gone But Not Forgotten and Glasgow's Union Street, GeForce, that was the, everyone in my school knew, Modern Warfare 2, that was the real moment because it was like a week before Modern Warfare 2 came out that shop was selling it for 70 quid so everyone just left school and went down there that's always going to happen so the only way to stop it is Mate, like i remember the, um the i remember output. reviewing black ops one so mm. i don't know what year that was like 2008 something like that and do you remember in those days lucy they'd like fly you like or put come put you in a hotel hotel room with the game and you're like locked in there for three days and you can't take the game out of the hotel room and that's how those big <laughs> secret games were reviewed in those days right they'd literally have security like roaming the uh the hallway like i remember there was one incident where like um like something went missing and it was like they were kicking down doors and stuff like it was that militant <laughs> oh my God. and um so i've gone through all of that in this hotel room in the middle of the woods reviewing this this big secret game you know we can't talk about it until i mean call of duty embargoes are always when they used to even do them were like you know morning the release or something and i think it was a weekend before it came out after i'd been through this ordeal and i went for um went for for dinner with my partner and two guys on the next table were talking about the ending of the game (laughs) (laughs) because you could you know if you had an independent shop they'd just go here you go 
Yeah. So yeah. it is a bit ridiculous, really. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the, the change to a digital launch first would probably piss off some people, but it's not... It's the, the Switch games are fairly small. Like Nintendo, Nintendo would never do that because they, they lean too heavily to physical, right? What they'll do... Yeah. The, the, the thing, only thing that I could see them doing at this point is just going, you know, well, count our losses and move to the next system because it's... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, without hardware changes, I don't think they're really going to kill it at this point that's why they release so many ds's yeah i was i'm just surprised like um donaldson put something alex donaldson put something on twitter being like why for this game that people are so excited about are they experiencing all this stuff and learning about it through a reset era thread like what is it about like people that are so desperate to see this stuff that they're like you know what this massive important cutscene. let me watch a the 550p version of it posted on the internet lucy were you ever one to like seek out stuff like that when you weren't like in the game no the thing is is i have a very weird sort of relationship with spoilers in that i don't particularly mind like reading a wikipedia page and just figuring out where like reading where stuff is going i don't mind but i think for something that i'm and i will and i will say it and i know i'll get crap for it like i never finished breath of the wild because just the way that my brain works i need a stronger story to pull me through stuff and Mm -hmm. i spent 35 hours in i tried to replay it again a couple years ago loved it but at the end of the day it was like oh it's too open for me my potential adhd adult brain cannot take too much too many options right and so for tears of the kingdom i've kind of approached it with this feeling of yeah this is going to be i assume a great game and people are very excited about it but I'm not actively seeking stuff out. Like, I didn't even watch that trailer that everyone was losing their minds over. And so I can... But for Zelda, I think maybe people are kind of kidding themselves that they can just say, oh, I can watch it because it's so big. There are so many options. I'm not really going to get spoiled. It's just like another trailer for me. But in reality, there's the morbid curiosity. There is the feeling of you know, I know this thing, you know, like, you know, you'd be on forums back in the day and someone would be like, oh, I saw this sneaky thing from my uncle who works at Nintendo. It's kind of like that too. Um, And that's, you know, just part and parcel of being online these days is kind of knowing stuff that other people don't and telling them about it. So I wonder if that's it, but I don't know. Like I said, we did try and go on the hub to uh, watch a Kingdom Hearts (laughs) cutscene. So... (laughs) I can't well, it's, it's probably fueled somewhat by the fact that they hardly showed the game at all, right? Yeah. I mean, it was a month ago we mm. saw 10 minutes of gameplay or something. I mean, some previews yeah. have gone up this week. There's still um, fans, there's still a lot of fans out there who've just got genuine questions about this game. You know, like, will it have, you know, uh, dungeons again? Will they play a more significant part? Um, you know, what kind of, will you, can you play as a different character? What more is there to it? Because obviously the, the creation stuff looks really, really cool but there's still like a, a big lingering question mark over that game for me, someone who, who stayed away from the previews and stuff that, well, what's the, what's the bigger picture? You know, what's the, what you've been working on for five, six years. Yeah. There's also like the Snape kills Dumbledoreification of online what? spoilers discussion. Sorry, Lucy. Um, look, if you, if you haven't read them now, 2023 is not the time to go back to them. <laughs> Another time to delve in. <laughs> Um, but there is that people want to have that one sentence thing that they can just throw at people streaming the game on day one I specifically remember when The Last of Us Part 2 came out this was when I was at the BBC and I don't know if if you guys remember this but the review period for that was mega long because the game got delayed because of shipping problems so it was finished and because of Covid it got delayed because they couldn't ship physical copies but it meant we had the game for like two months I'd fully completed it, knew all this stuff and then on the embargo day and in the Twitch chat when I was streaming it people were like, 
this thing happens, this thing happens, yeah. this thing happens. It's like, mate, I already know. Well, that- I've known for like a month. Like, calm down. <laughs> that was also the most bizarre review embargo. And I think Sony got a lot of pushback on it because it was like, you couldn't even talk about Abby. Yeah. <laughs> it was- you couldn't talk about half of the game. Yeah. And it was like, well, who does this serve? Yeah, it, it was Like, very- I get, you know, spoilers, but... Mm. It raises real questions, doesn't it? Because, I mean, what I really love, and I'm, I'm sure you agree with this as well, and we kind of forget that we're privileged in the sense that a lot of these games we get to go in and play, if you're reviewing them, completely mm. spoiler-free, right? Mm. Like, some of them, you, you literally don't know anything about it. It's a really unique experience, because I think even if you, mm. you go in on day one and try to avoid stuff, you've still got trailers buzzing around. And so even the expectation, right? Even the expectation of, this has got really amazing reviews, or this has got mixed reviews, you take that in with you. That you don't when you're going truly blind when the game lands on your your desk as a reviewer. So I think it's an interesting debate about how they balance that. So I, I can see how some of these companies are like, look, we really want to keep the experience uh, fresh for our players. But at the same time, is, is that possible? Uh, can they even do it? I mean, I think about um, Blade Runner 2049, which is one of my favorite films ever. They kept that completely spoiler free and it bombed on its ass because just no one knew, like, the, the expectation they had for that just didn't match kind of the pivots they take in that. I don't know if that's actually raising any important debate, but that's that's the, what, how I feel anyway. Yeah, there was it's, you can never really win. Like the other day you messaged me asking if something that we put up was a spoiler and it was a character that's been included in multiple trailers for a game that everyone knew was in it, but mm. there's still a segment of the audience that's like, I have decided that this much information is fine and anything beyond that constitutes a spoiler, even if it's stuff that companies are putting out. I just always think it's funny when reviewing a game to like watch the launch trailer and be like, oh, you've just put a clip from the final cutscene in that trailer just for a laugh. Oh, yeah. Like, that happens all the time. But obviously we can't yeah. say anything about that. Um, I can't remember what game it was, but yeah, they put out this trailer and it was basically just like showed the ending. And I remember even tweeting at the time, I was like, hey uh maybe don't watch the launch trailer for this thing because you're just gonna spoil it for yourself because they've sort of given enough context that you can figure it out yeah i don't know marketing's a whole different beast yeah and we're also in the world where you'll be scrolling on tiktok the day zelda comes out and you'll probably scroll up and the final cutscene will just be starting for you like it's it's unavoidable in this kind of Mm -hmm. um in this age of that style of social video but I'm going to stay away. I don't like spoilers. Spoilers really wind me up. If, someone, if, if I even, if, if something, if there's like a perception of a spoiler for me and I start to think this is going to happen, that, that's enough to ruin yeah, it Yeah, oh, 100%. Me. It annoys me when people, you know, um, especially around like TV, like HBO shows or something like that, you know, when people mm-hmm. say like, oh my God, at the, uh, you know, that last episode. Well, thanks. Well, now you've set me up to expect something. So imagine that. You did that, this. You did I this. Probably last have a bit, yeah, but this is, this is, <laughs> this is fine. Like, I, I don't think people, a lot of people don't even do that intentionally. Right. But mm. even when you say that, right. Okay. So if I'm one minute from the end of the episode and it's been pretty, you know, predictable, I know there's a twitch coming in the last 60 mm. seconds. Right. Yeah. That's pretty bold from someone who watched all of The Last of Us and was like, yeah, see this episode three? This episode three is going to blow your fucking mind. That's better. You better think this is the best episode of TV ever written. Oh, but do you know what? He's a bit different from the last one, right? Because he's not like, oh my God, he's, you know, he's a rabbit. Like, there's no like big <laughs> twist. It's just like, it's just brilliantly, like competently written yeah. and directed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm Game of Thrones is the worst for that. Yes, Game of Thrones, yeah. No one had any chill about Game of Thrones. But there was that real, I mean, because at, at the time I was working on our entertainment 
brand uh, GameSpot Universe and we did all the Marvel stuff and that was back in the good old days where the UK yeah. would get Marvel movies a week case, or two right? before American. Uh, I'm pretty sure I we think... got all the stuff. I mean, obviously the streaming stuff is not the same, but yeah. on the cinematic run, I'm sure we were still getting Marvel and Star Wars and I mean, obviously when they yeah, did Star when... Wars films. Yeah, Guardians is out, what, Friday? Because our, our good mutual sure friend um, Gav Murphy used to take revenge on everyone who spoiled stuff. He did. Yes. Oh, that's one of uh, my favourite Gav Murphy tweets is when uh, someone ruined Game of Thrones for him and he just replied with a big thing of <laughs> yeah. endgame spoilers. <laughs> uh, Guardians is out today in the UK, Thursday as we're, as we're, uh, Wednesday as we're recording this. So, oh. um I never watched Game of Thrones, never really cared about it, so it, it was fantastic to learn all these absolutely contextless spoilers as if it, it mattered one jot. And then everyone hated it at the end, so I just got to remove it from the backlog. I remember, and That's this is dream, Star Wars spoiler incoming for anyone who's, who's still not watched the Star Wars movies. Um, when I was going to see uh, Force Awaken, Force Awakens, I posted my, like, put up a picture of my, my cinema ticket or something like that as I was going in, like, midnight screening. Mm. And someone tweeted me a picture of Han Solo with a lightsaber for him. I'm literally going in. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Like, I didn't tell my friends who I was with at the time. Oh I was like, I'm not God. even going to react. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, you could tell by Harrison Ford's performance in that film that he was not in it for more than, like, half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how he's going to be in that new Indiana Jones. Speaking of Star Wars... Respawn has apologised for the state of Star Wars Jedi Survivor. That sounds, that's a profoundly Scottish sounding headline. I'm oh, sorry for the state of Star the Wars Jedi Survivor. The state of it. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Very, Respawn has apologised for Jedi Survivor on PC and a statement that said, quote, we're aware that Star Wars Jedi Survivor isn't performing to our standards for a percentage of our PC players, in particular those with high-end machines or certain specific configurations. Basically, when the game released, um, the PC version of this game does not seem to be in a great state. Digital Foundry even calling it the worst AAA PC port of 2023 so far. I played through it on PS5 pre-patch and it was a bit dodgy, but looking at some of this PC footage, it looks fucked. Lucy, have you seen any of the PC version of this game? Yeah, I mean, I, I was like, you were playing it on PS5 pre-patch and I... I, I I did see, um, you know, they were setting the embargo stuff. Oh yeah, there's a patch coming in pretty hot. Uh, don't don't put on HDR. Oh, HDR God, does not work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, they said like uh, not was, to go on the internet as well, didn't they? Otherwise, it'll just yeah, like, because you might take your console it offline safe. and no HDR. Mm-hmm. So when I started up with my normal capture setup, Coruscant was just like it was as if like the entire city had gone dark. I couldn't see anything, and I had to readjust everything. It's, it was such a was, they delayed this game six weeks to polish. It's funny because I started playing like, it last night and I, I thought everything was too bright. Maybe that's probably what they've done, just ramped oh. up the contrast. I literally had to yeah. change all my HDR settings. I thought, what the hell is wrong wow. with this? No, so, yeah. I, I need to try it with HDR now. But no, I mean, like when I was playing it pre-patch and everything, I was like, oh, this is fine. I had... I really lucked out, it seems, because I had very, very minor slowdown in certain areas, few yeah. frames, uh, no crashes. Um, however, obviously I do a podcast with SkillUp, and he is playing on, I think, he, he reviews on two machines. So he has, like, every every time he gets a game and he plays it on, like, a 2080 Ti, because, you know, a more mid-range, something that more people have. But he also has a 4090, and he physically couldn't play, I think he was saying that, like, the 2080 was really struggling. The 4090 was shocking. He lost his save at one point. Like, he was having a hell of a time. And I was just like, oh, God. And yeah, that, I think that ultimately factored into the GameSpot review because it was really poor. 
and like so I mean do you think that the PC audience would have minded if they delayed just the PC version yes I mean they would have minded but do you think they would have begrudgingly accepted it because they would have ended up with a better product if it wasn't a double delay if it wasn't a double polish delay after the previous six weeks uh, Mm. polish like like you before in the review period I messaged uh, Greg Miller and I was like you're playing on PS5 is it running like garbage for you because some of my Mm. friends who are reviewing are saying I don't know what you're talking about and others are like I'm on the verge of contacting EA because this seems so fucked and he was like I mean, it's all right. Um, Andy Cortez had to stop playing it after like half an hour on PC because he was like, this is fucked. I have this amazing, strong machine and none of it works. But mm-hmm. as PC I mean, I, I got a lot. Yeah, it's... Mm. I mean, obviously, I've been involved in kind of shipping games where we had similar issues where we kind of delayed... some On, a, on the ukulele games, we delayed the first one, I think, to polish it. And it was really eye-opening being involved on the inside because a lot of these problems are like... So imagine theoretically this situation. It's an NVIDIA problem. Maybe there's a problem with a new piece of middleware that they're using in um, Jedi Survivor that does not work with NVIDIA cards. And it's like they are relying, they're shouting at NVIDIA every day for a month. They delay their game for a month. NVIDIA's like, it'll be done in two weeks. You can't throw them under the bus. Like in public, you can't go, hey guys, we're delaying this game because NVIDIA's not sorted their shit out. But that happens yeah. all the time. Games are made with all these pieces of technology that rely on different companies. Like when we were working on um, Ukulele and we had to delay that, there was all kinds of instances of that, like with the engine or certain you know platforms we were running on where it's like, oh, you know, we need, we need Sony or we need Xbox to sort this out. And you're reliant on them, right? And at the end of the day, you release it, all the shit you get is based on you when it's not your fault, but you can't, mm. you can't blame those guys. Um, I mean, I don't know whether PC ports are getting worse or if there's just more of them. Because PC ports have always been, like, you know, they've always been pretty bad, like multi-platform yeah. games, because it's tough, right? Mm-hmm. You need to cater to seemingly like endless configurations and like someone um on my twitter feed the other day pointed out that like back in the day because of uh, the, the piracy like on physical pc games you know when those were a thing if you if you got a disc that didn't work you were fucked because they wouldn't take it back because they just assumed that you copied it right it's yeah. always been mm. been tough in the in the pc multi-format world it just seems like quite a bad run like especially after the last of us was so fucked on pc this is another big release that's fucked on pc um, but aside from that, Lucy, you enjoy a bit of Survivor? Have you finished it? Haven't finished it. Um, so I, God, it sounds like I just don't like anything. But um, <laughs> I do. I like a lot of things. I'm. I'm. I got very exhausted about Star Wars uh, again because I had to uh, cover it yeah. <laughs> for so long. I get it that. became very, very exhausting. And um, and then I, I, we would see Return of the Jedi in the cinema on Monday, though. So, you know, not that ambivalent, clearly. Um, so it was a game that was kind of... It was on my radar. I bounced off Fallen Order, I think purely because, unfortunately, it came out the same year as Sekiro. And I was like, well, <laughs> put my eggs in Miyazaki's basket. Thank you. Um, but this one, I'm actually finding that I'm really enjoying. Like, it's just enough Star Wars bullshit that I'm like, okay, yeah, I could probably... Whew, just uh, that'll go over my head um, but you know moment to moment combat is really fun got weird little freaks like Turgle yeah Turgle's um, a, which is a, what a big I, hit any, anytime there's like a good little freak in a game I will always grad- gravitate towards it but no I'm really enjoying it. it it was actually a really pleasant surprise I honestly thought I was going to skip it but then I got a code and then I started playing it and you know seven hours later there I was on a nice Sunday so I was like yeah I'm going to keep going with this 
yeah it's 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 a very long game it's it's like a, a oh, shockingly long that. game it's okay you just, just putting me off big time you, like you what, what Lucy said about Game Breath Cube of the Wild right? what Lucy said about Breath of the Wild was exactly this you know like you read me like a book um mm. you know I'm exactly the same I do have an ADHD riddled brain and when it comes to the point where it looks like oh there's you're not steering me there's too much stuff to do I'm going to turn it off I, I said to, to Jordan before we started um I was playing uh, Jedi Survivor for the first time yesterday and loved the Coruscant section brilliant you know, this is what I need. Almost like I'm on autopilot. Direct me to the cool shit. As soon as I got to the bit where yeah. it's like the Vista, the Breath of the Wild Vista, look at all the shit. You can, you can go this way and that way. I, was like, I turned it off within yeah. five minutes. So I don't... <laughs> look at this big field. I'm... Oh, fuck that. Just show me the cool well, now, shit. Now I'm at the point where there's like a farming mini thing. Yeah. Oh, you guys there's are not selling this to me at tactics all. Tactics game. But I mean, the every time I'm in, you know, a kind of con, uh, contained area and I'm unlocking shortcuts and stuff, I'm like, yeah, 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 this is good. The Coruscant section was great because yeah, it was brilliant. manageable enough. Like It was brilliant. An amazing opening. So I'm still in it for now. For now. But then, you know, as soon as... Final Fantasy. If it, if I'm not finished by the time Final Fantasy 16 comes out, I'm I'm away. I'm going. Yeah. I'm off. I mean, June's pretty fucking stacked. Uh, I'm just Diablo, gonna, Street oh. Fighter, and Final Fantasy. I'm gonna fuck it off and go back to humanity, mate. A nice, simple game where a dog. Oh, I've got tells code for that. I need to play that. Where to go? Yeah. Gonna get your humanity poster signed as well, mate. I ask you for one thing for Japan, and you don't bring me it back. You were there for about three years. You didn't ask me. <laughs> Asked you to get me a Tetris effect signed, and you're you? like, "Oh, what? I'll, oh, I'll, mate, I'll work mate, on as, it." As we've established, oh. yeah, I'm, my memory is not very good. If you tell me that once a month before I go, I'm not going to remember. <laughs> Do you know? I'll, I'll pitch you off even more. I actually got a pal something signed, and Mizuguchi signed my pal's res as well, so I could have. It did. Fucking oh. it did. Anyway, just watch um, his heart breaking too. There. No, it's fine. Me and Mitz are good pals. Better pals than Andy. Just won't tell him. Um, the <laughs> it's so tempted to say something. The the thing with Star Wars Survivor is like there are so many people. It's been a real mainstream hit. Obviously, Star Wars, all that stuff. And so many of my pals are playing it, and they keep messaging me when they get to that Kobo section, and they're like, "So, like, what what do I do now? Do I go and do like the? You can go and collect fish from a Scottish fish oh, in yeah. an astronaut costume. One of the most racist yep. Scottish accents in 2023's uh, <laughs> gaming lineup. But you know, um." And that was actually a weird thing on the preview side, looping into the embargo, what we can't talk about. I played something in that game about a month ago or whatever in LA that we still can't talk about post the review because it's like a big turning point. And it's the kind of first fight in Kobo with the baddie of the game. We couldn't talk about that. It was like, do not mention what happens in that room. And it's like, but... But you've said he's the baddie. Like, what, what am I working with here? That's why my approach in the review was like, I'm not going to tell you, fuck all. It's good. Just do the story yourself. Let's talk about this gameplay. Um, but yeah, it's a shame that it's kind of fucked because the PC version, Fallen Order generally, was a bit fucked across the board. I didn't really have a mind for that stuff back in the day. I feel somewhat poisoned by doing this job for a while now that it's so you get so focused on shit like that that most people will just think, oh, you know, like I think about how Fallout 3 was my favourite game for so long and if I played Fallout 3 with like a modern brain, it'd be like, this is unplayable garbage. It's like 15 frames a second on the Xbox 360. But um, yeah, I hope they sort that out. Respawn are, mm. they're on a good run. I mean... It's, it's fucking Respawn. I wonder what that new game is. 
just do Titanfall 3. Would you want a Titanfall 3, Andy, or would you want something Is that different? what you're talking about? Which, which new game? They're working on a couple. You mean the, the original game? The, the, the one that the Titanfall... Uh, oh, the they've, already, they've already said it's an original yeah. IP, I think. Yeah, but what if they're lying? Um, no, they don't what lie. What if it's an original IP in the Titanfall? You know? Exactly. I know. What if it's a... If it's a new IP starring fucking Johnny Titanfall's done. Titanfall's done. No one cares about the Titanfall universe. They care about Titanfall. Everyone cares about the Titanfall universe. No, they care Care about about Apex Legends. I mean, you care about the Titanfall universe, go and play Apex Legends. People want fucking Titanfall. And a small niche of people who actually bought that bloody game. And for me, I mean, it seems like all those guys have left, right? They were working on the single player thing, allegedly. The um, the no Russian designer who who went, Mm. I can't recall his name. Mm-hmm. So, like, those guys have cleared off, I don't know, just pump out more Star Wars. I think they're doing a good job with Star Wars, right? Well, this is going to be a trilogy. Like, no spoilers, but oh, the yeah. way this game wraps up, it's basically like... <clears throat> oh, he's already, he's already said... Old, um, yeah, they've Stuka already said, said that. Yeah. yeah. They're working on a, a shooter and FPS as well. I hope that's Which good. is hopefully um, Dark Forces, mm. for anyone old enough to remember. I feel like I can't okay. reference no. any game from pre... 2012. Oh, I'm pretty sure most of the people that listen to this podcast are, are of your Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We've, we've got a nice, like, old bastard Venn diagram, but that's how it is these days, right? Like, if you review <laughs> if you review a game and you go, oh, it's a bit like, you know, Assassin's Creed 2, that's a retro game now. Like, yeah. I watched, oh, um, I watched a YouTube video the other day and it was like um, some guy was ranking, like, the best Mario games. And um, he said that uh, New Super Mario Brothers 2, he's like, I've got a soft spot for this one because it's my first Mario game. And I like almost oh, turned God. my TV off. <laughs> like, ugh, be young, whatever. Just don't rub it in everyone else's faces. Oh, what was good. it like? Yeah, people people who were born after 2000 are now legally old enough to drink in America. Like, the, yeah. you know, 22, 23 at this point. I'm like, oh, God, okay. That's all but, you know, I work with three old men, so it makes me feel extremely youthful. Um, the <laughs> Speaking of... Uh, this, there's absolutely no segue here, because this, this is a positive <laughs> speaking story. Speaking of working with old yeah, men. <laughs> speaking of working with <laughs> old men and legacy media brands, uh, let, let's, ah, talk, <laughs> let's talk about Yield GameSpot. Lucy, when I messaged mm. you uh, very sleepily from an airport saying, do you want to do the podcast? You were like, yes, mm-hmm. but I can't tell you why. Can you now tell us... <laughs> what you want to promo on our podcast oh thank you very sweet yeah so i mean i've been at GameSpot for oh my god it'd be nine years in july that's why oh my god um i know um and yeah it's you know over that time my role has been involved in like making new shows and stuff and we've kind of uh done it in like dribs and drabs however now we are kind of really pushing into launching more shows. And so this week, uh, week of May 1st, Oh my God! Week of the first of May. That was so American. I'm so sorry. <laughs> week of May. I got told off by my. I got told off. I got told off by my dad for saying May first, and I was like, Oh yeah, that's fair. Um, <laughs> we're actually launching a brand new slate of shows. Um, so there's a new show uh, or a returning favorite every day this week, um, and it's been really exciting because it's something that the team has kind of rallied around uh, for the past few weeks. We've been doing a lot of things like piloting, trying out new ideas, and it's finally kind of coming to fruition so we have different themes for every day of the week so some of them it's really funny because it's like did the pun come first or did the idea come first i can't say the like pun. mondays is the law you know so it's all like law-based format the pun the pun that's the pun the pun, the pun absolutely <laughs> um you know we've got video essay shows i don't know if you know K- 
Kurt Indovina, but he's one of, um, he's an amazing video producer on my team. So he's got a new show all about video essays. And so he's, his actual first episode is all about why there's so many remakes. Um, we have a show called No Hud, um, where it's all about how to play games in new and unusual ways or ways to kind of get the most out of your games. Uh, we've got two expert reacts formats. So we've got kind of like, uh, obviously firearms, which is the, the, the Saturday staple over at GameSpot, but we also have another one to kind of delve into more games. And then, uh, we have How It's Saved, which is a cool look at like how certain games saved franchises from the rink. And then they've given Tam and I a news show. Another new will show. Will it's, it's all we're needing in the game I was space. thinking, you I guys know, need to yeah. do a new show. <laughs> no, well, so it's more, uh, you know, kind of last week tonight-ish, mm-hmm. uh, just Tam and I talking about one of one big theme that's really impacting uh, the games industry, the gaming space, and so that'll be every Friday. And we call this Spot On, because nice. obviously we're British, so we're like, well, you know. We oh, Lucy, when I was British, watching yeah. the Bombcast yesterday... And you said that, and they all started doing their fucking accents. I was like, I "Oh, that's my life. That's it's, my life. It's, it's terrible. It's, it's just it's, it's the absolute worst." But yeah, that's that's very exciting. So obviously, like, yeah, people that are into their game spot that that know their history are that was a very one of the first kind of personality focused brands in with these mm-hmm. kind of shows, and obviously led the way mm-hmm. in that kind of video space. So when all the kind of corporate mergers and stuff like that happened was that yeah. something you guys were like okay this is the direction we need to go back to yeah i mean because it makes it makes sense it is like you said part of our bread and butter it's what game is obviously very known for um things like on the spot the lobby uh any of the shows that you know seb cam and i and johnny and that team and jane worked on um back in the day and it's just kind of it's really nice to return to having that kind of scheduled format i guess but also it's just like it's really nice as you know inside baseball as a video producer having it's it's really fun to be working on the now next the new stuff based around releases but there's also something really nice about owning a format and owning a show so for me it would be something like audio logs um which is coming back later this year um but it's nice to just kind of yeah own something and it's really good to be able to contribute again and hopefully have it be synonymous with game spot like you know on the spot was so it's also really nice because we're actually getting you know a lot of investment for with part of fandom now and fandom were like oh, okay we recognize the value in game spot <laughs> which is um really nice uh so finally. it's been really it's been yeah finally it's been it's been really fun to work on and just you know kind of like not a shot in the arm but just you know it's really cool to see the video team like because we have such a incredible video team and editorial team too obviously and we've got a lot of help from folks like tam and chris and uh jordan and everyone working on these shows but like it's just really cool to launch something man i you know launched vgc launched stuff it's like it's just really cool to work on things and then put it out there so we're very excited yeah that's fantastic although unfortunately um spot on does technically count as a rival to this show so all references Sorry, to it we'll will up. be stripped. Will be scrubbed. That's yeah. fine. I understand. Um, be done. Yeah. No, yeah, I assume Grab will be doing the exact same thing. He he refuses to 100%. talk about this show. So <laughs> that, that that that's fantastic. That's the kind of stuff that I mean. Obviously, someone that ends up in games media like I have was an absolute nerd for all the old Gamespot stuff with fucking Gersman and Ryan Davis and all that. So a return to that era is yeah. well. Uh, well, welcome. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, our Redfall correspondent Lucy James will tell us about the the game of the year, Redfall. Hold up. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If I have to be stuck on an island full of vampires, I'm glad it's with y'all. And we are back. The hot release this week, however way you want to take the word hot, is Arcane's Redfall. Now, you know what I say about Arcane? It's a developer that makes games that only games journalists like. So this one's going to be a banger. Lucy James, tell us about Redfall. Oh, absolutely. Cut me to the core there because I'm such a big fan of Arcane. Oh, uh, where do you begin with Redfall? Uh, okay, so co-op looter shooter based mm-hmm. in a fictional town in massachusetts that's been taken over by vampires created by um actually you know pretty similar to death loop in its um oh brain fog uh premise you know like these these visionaries wanted to take over the world and they become uh, immortal by living the same day every day when this time it's people who are rich and want to take over the world and just don't want to die so they invent vampirism hmm. um so that's the basic setting, and then you're one of four characters. I uh, can't change that character, by the way, unless you make a new one. Um, you're one of four characters who's kind of either in Redfall when stuff goes to hell, or you kind of uh, you you come in to help clean things up. And uh, honestly, that's about as much as I can tell you about the plot because it's very uninteresting. Um, For an arcane game, that that I, section of talking about an arcane game should be about five hours long. There, there are cool glimpses at cool story stuff. However, you can tell... And I was playing this game... I I played like seven, eight hours. And I played it by myself because it's an arcane game. Why Mm -hmm. would I want to play with other people? I hate other people. No, I'm kidding. Um, But I didn't want to play it with other people. And so I wanted to kind of check it out on the merits of it being a solo game. And um, so, you know, as someone primed and waiting for the story... You know, similar to, you know, all the cutscenes are like these weird, static, moving uh, kind of things, which I think they did in Dishonored, actually, which to be fair to them. But like, nothing's interesting. All of the missions are, hey, go here, unlock a safe house. And then you have to transport yourself back to the firehouse. You have to transport yourself back to the main safe house because you can't pick up another mission from anywhere else in the world. You have to keep coming back. I think it's trying to, you know, in co-op, that'd be like, okay, yeah, we'll come back to base. We'll get all our stuff. But it doesn't, it, it breaks the flow of the game. Um, there's a lot of weird, like, design decisions where the loot issue, a part of it, just doesn't really fit. Like, I, I think the weapon system is uh, poorly implemented. I also think that, you know, just 
having the weapons uh, in leveled. Like they would give me, they're giving you gold and stuff like at the very beginning, and it's like, but also even when you come across, you know, all the AI dumb as rocks. Which is really, really sad. Um, and I mean, that's to be forgiven. That, that's the thing. It's like, that's something I would forgive in a Dishonored. Because at the same time, like, you want to get one over on the AI because you're stealthing around. You're doing all that stuff. But in an open world game where you're having these factions who are meant to be fighting each other. And then you can snipe one. And the guy will turn and go, huh. And then just, or, or you can hit a guy with a bullet. And he goes, huh. And then just carries on doing what he's doing. It's disappointing. Um, and then, yeah, just the vampires themselves, they seemingly only really have, like, one attack. There's different kinds of vampires, which is pretty cool. Um, but the big boss, uh, was basically a destiny boss. Uh, like, at least the first big boss was a destiny boss. And, uh, I remember just thinking, oh, God, if I wasn't, like, pushing through to get to the second area, this is where I'd... I mean, I would have tapped out. It's just boring. And then, yeah. and that's, like, the, the, the open-ish world is just empty and so it makes going back and forth to that bloody um safe house all the more irritating because i get to see the same bland like blankness all over and over and again you think it almost um counts against it because it's made by arcane and that you kind of go and you know that they can do kind of certain things better well there's there's really cool um so the vampire nests are cool, very arcane, uh, kind of like an alternate dimension that the vampires inhabit. Um, and they, they're really cool and twisted, but I think that's obviously more the art direction side of it. There is this one, when you're learning about the Hollow Man and his origins, uh, that is really cool. And that is where I was like, oh, this is, this is arcane. Like this particular section, that's arcane. And there was, there was discourse because obviously there, there was those reviews that leaked early and someone in the line in the review was like, I can't believe arcane made this. And then I saw some people go, well, that shouldn't factor into the view, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, I kind of should because <laughs> we know what arcane are capable of. And then unfortunately they have this one, which is a dud and it's, it's, you know, the glimpses of greatness in there are just bogged down by all the crap. <laughs> it just doesn't feel like a game they wanted to make. Yeah. It's, well, no, it's, not, well, not wanted to make. No, that's, that's me uh, projecting. But it's like, it doesn't feel like a game that's a good fit for that studio. It doesn't play to the studio's strengths. It doesn't all. sound like you're describing a Harvey Smith game. Like, it sounds like mm. you're describing any kind of trend-chasing looter schluter for the past couple of years. Now, there is a case for the defence, um... In typical Xbox hating VGC style, we've somehow ended up with one of the highest um, scoring reviews for the game. Um, my pal Jordan reviewed it um, because I have been deep in a fog. Um, you can head over there to read his thoughts. It's pretty. It's pretty spread across the the kind of it ended up like Metacritic sixty four, which for Arcane might as well be fucking one because Deathloop was mm. as it has the the kind of uh, reputation arcane games come out they get amazing scores and then they are in smiths the next week for 10 pounds um but yeah it was weird seeing this one get outside of the kind of games journal twitter and just hit xbox twitter in general because obviously that lot have been desperate for a win for ages this seemed like it would be the one and then when the big xbox accounts are also like this is fucked i was like okay well they've kind of let this get away from them not only that it seems to perform really shit as well i don't know if that's like did you play pc or xbox for this one so i played xbox and it was completely fine Mm. um i don't think i had any i mean beyond the ai nothing was very 
yeah, beyond the AI. However, uh, I was talking to Jimmy Champagne, and he was like, somehow this game is deck verified. It should not be. <laughs> and I was like, oh, God. That makes me want to play um, it. That's yeah, absolutely fucked on yeah. the Steam Deck. Yeah, and then other people were saying, like, on PC, it just doesn't run very well at all. And yeah, I mean, there's other things when you take into account the fact that it is meant to be played in co-op. Uh, the fact that only the host retains progression. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah that bizarre. seems pretty important. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just such a shame, man. I was like so bummed. I played a bunch of it over the weekend. And I was just like, oh, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I doubt this spells the end for Arcane. Like, this was, this was Arcane... Austin, I think. I think Leon is, is working this, on is this a service? Different. Is this a service type game? If they said they're going to be working on this, or what are they? They said that there are more characters coming at the preview event that I went to. I mean, it doesn't uh, seem a like a, a Fallout uh, seventy six type deal, you know. Like where obviously that was no. a disaster at launch, and they kind of kept building. There's loads of examples of that, right? But this doesn't yeah. seem to me a sort of game that they're still going to be creating stuff for in here. No. No. Yeah. This seems like uh, yeah, something. Leon, that, Leon team was Deathloop, and then they're working on something else now. Yeah, uh, I wonder this if this was crazy. just a case of um, them when Microsoft acquired them. This was already too far along. They were like, we'll "Get this out," yeah, and then yeah. the first proper one will be probably be fucking Dishonored three at this point because they, they're kind of. I think that's what that would be the pop. That would be the big moment. Please. Um, but yeah. I mean, this this feels like I mean, this is Bethesda trend chasing from five years ago. Yeah few and games just, getting uh, hit by that this year yeah <laughs> and I, I wonder if you know if we hadn't necessarily had the pandemic obviously a lot of things would be different if we didn't have the pandemic and this launched a couple years ago i wonder if it would be a completely different situation you, you can't but do that it? anymore right like i mean i've, I've said it before yeah. on on this podcast it reminds me of back in the day when do you remember everyone was like scrambling to make their own world of warcraft and they all like mm. sort of arrived when people had, that that trend had gone. Like people were just sort of done yeah. with the the WoW MMO, and they just all kind of arrived and died. You know, like I mean, we're looking at. I mean, I thought this was done with Anthem, right? <laughs> like, are oh, we still God. making? Yeah, people people are describing it as Arcane's Anthem, and I was like, oh my God, yeah, oof, that is oof. absolutely brutal. I saw a really really cutting uh, subhead on one review i apologize for not being able to to cite who it was but it was redfall review good enough for game pass that seems Ooh. to be a kind of recurring theme with these games that are just i mean to quote time guys swimming in sevens redfall isn't even a seven by most accounts but um yeah. do you think Oof. these kind of games coming to game pass taints the perception of the service because it's like obviously it's amazing value but you're not getting bangers on there necessarily I mean, think back, was it two years ago? Yeah, it was 2021 where they had that press conference and it was like every month something big coming to Game Pass. And like that was a that was really cool to see. And it kind of made me feel like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm really glad I'm playing. I'm paying for Game Pass just because, you know, obviously I have access to all of this stuff that I wanted to play, like Outer Wilds or whatever. And then I'm getting all this new stuff. It's going to be great. And then some of the new stuff was 12 minutes. So, you know, it's it's such a shame. And I think, you know, we're at this weird point where there's incredibly heightened scrutiny on Xbox for reasons that we won't go into um, <laughs> because everyone's finished talking about it. Um, it's just such a shame. And it's like, it does dilute the perception of the service. I mean, G Game Pass, yeah, you can keep saying, and I say it, you know, it's the best deal in gaming. Look at all this stuff you can get. But 
when was the last time something dropped on Game Pass day one and it was big and incredible? Yeah. Big stuff launches on Game Pass day one. The first day that Halo Infinite multiplayer launched, that was a great day. Yeah. Because like Infinite multiplayer, at least very early on before we got into the like keeping that thing game alive, it, it was incredible. Like Halo's back, baby. And then very que- very clearly uh, became apparent that they didn't have any idea how to support that game. Um so yeah, I just think you know they need they need the hits, and they've they've dated and given a time to the Starfield Direct and for the Summer Game Fest thing, and so I really hope they kind of come to the table with some bangers because like Forza's great, don't get me yeah, wrong, that that, that Forza is consistently one of the, yeah. fantastic, but it's not. You're, we, you're we dragging that. us ever closer to, down to the Xbox pit of us <laughs> going off on one again. I, I just, I'm trying, I just don't I'm trying know. not to. I'm trying to get us out of it. <laughs> I don't know what the hell is going on at Xbox's uh, kind of first-party studios. I have no, I don't know what is going on. It's not even. It's, it's early days now. In what way yeah. are we? Three years into the generation this year. Yeah, yeah, three uh, years, yeah. twenty to twenty-three. Yeah, so probably about yeah. six or seven before they, since they gave up on Xbox One, like, yeah. and just could just like you know have a free run to this. Mm-hmm. How many PlayStation mm. bangers coming out this year? Uh, I don't want to make fables right around the corner. Um, yeah, it's it's a strange ass situation. As if Starfield needed any more fucking pressure to be oh, no. all things to all men. Um, <laughs> but I hope they just fucking sort out because it's such a boring conversation to have. It's it's there's absolutely no joy in this happening because it just first of all it makes the 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 Xbox fans have had a shit time of it even more entrenched in their ways and they're like, can you just sort this out for us? And on our side, mm-hmm. we would just like to get back to a state where both of them are putting out, like, yep. sick games. That would be fantastic. But alas, um, related to this, I asked on Twitter, what's the most disappointed with a game that you've got on release? I'll read some replies and then I'll come to you, Andy and Lucy. Um, I am absolutely disgusted by this. Andrew Marmo says, Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain. That's one of the fucking best games ever made. <laughs> interesting that is a choice. Yeah, that's a game. Choice. I uh, demand his name be wiped from this website. Um, Danielle Partis, never heard of her, says ukulele. You heard of that? (laughs) Banger. (laughs) I agree. Um, Ian Stokes says Marvel's Midnight Sun. I'm sorry. Are we just all uh, trolling you or what? Yeah, what on earth? (laughs) I know. um, I said uh, Brutal Legend because I hated that game i didn't know it was going to be an rts i thought it was going to be jack black hacking and slashing to this amazing ah, see, music look. and then uh danny pena godfrey himself says shenmue 3 i mean the original shenmue mm. games were absolute shite anyway mm. so how can that really be a disappointment how do you know man? Um, you weren't alive a lot of people coming for like one that i saw all the time surprisingly grand theft auto 4 a lot of people being like it was it was meant to be the greatest game ever then i got it home at midnight the driving was fucking shit and i couldn't play the game a lot of people didn't like yeah. it at the time because it, it like in scope it wasn't as big as san andreas it was limited in a lot of things you could do there was yeah. some kind of blowback to that game i remember mm. yeah that, that i i remember my because my aunt worked in asda at the time and she uh, got me at half 10 at night the night before fucking fantastic yeah. what, what, you're what, lucky what, to take two helicopters didn't descend on your house mate <laughs> yeah oh they're coming now yeah they nuked a tiny street in paisley um this from sailor tabby cat which i appreciate I, I really appreciate the viciousness of some of the replies to this <clears throat> last guardian fucking sucked and i'm tired of people pretending the controls weren't awful <laughs> 
They're right. <laughs> right. Fair enough. Lucy, most disappointed with the game. And I want this to be one you paid your cold, hard cash for. None of this oh. review code bollocks. Assassin's Creed Revelations. That's the shit. Speaking of, I like that one. Speak, speaking of amazing RTS ending. <laughs> I didn't even get that far. Well, the thing is, is that I bought it on the same day as Skyrim because they oh, came oh, out well, there you at go. the same time. <laughs> And um, I remember the guy at Game Station in Leeds going, well, you're going to spend more time with one of these than the other. And I was like, yeah, Assassin's Creed. And then I got back and I was like, oh, this is, a, you know, very similar to the other Assassin's Creed. And then, it, yeah, I just didn't, didn't gel with it. And I, I, yeah, and I was, that was, that was my, those were the, my Assassin's Creed years. And I was really upset. Um, he missed out on one yeah, of the best endings one. in the series. I think I, I think I ended up doing a video some years later where I recapped all of Assassin's Creed and so I think I've seen it on YouTube. <laughs> so that's that's the one with the, um, the yeah. Altair missions, right? Yes. Yeah, Those yeah. were good. Yeah. Just Those the, were good. Yeah. It's all the open world the, fluff uh, around it. Yeah, it was the tower defense stuff and like bomb crafting. I don't even remember that. Was like, uh, it was a lot of shit. Oh, that's, that's where I, yeah. It was, that's, that's what mine. it said in the box. A lot of shit. Andy, yours? I've got two answers. Mm-hmm. Um, Perfect Dark Zero. Mm-hmm. which is a hugely disappointing sequel. I mean, the, the original game is obviously the sequel to GoldenEye. It's uh, an incredible game. Even today, it holds up really, really well. It's on um, Xbox still. I think you can play it. Um, it. It's one of those where where a game changes teams and they can't... I don't think they had much care with that game for like being off. In those days, when you worked on really small teams... That was a big deal when you change, like, you know, lead artist or you change composer. The whole feel of the game would change. And it was like in this weird, like, I think it was ported to, it was on GameCube and then it was ported to Xbox and then it was ported to Xbox 360 launch. So it was this weird, like, bastardized art style that had changed midway. It was like a, a cell shaded anime, anime uh, style game. And then it wasn't. And it's just a weird, weird game. A really disappointing uh, sequel. And obviously there's not been an instalment yet since. Um, and the other one was, uh, and I've, I've told the author of, of this review uh, many times since. So N64 magazine, which I used to read religiously, they gave Turok 2, I think, a 95 um, and it's a Christmas, it's a Christmas, 98, Christmas 98. That game was so hyped, Shirok 2. And I seem to remember the tagline was uh, better than Goldeneye. Now, like in 1998, Bold. you're buying that game, right? Yeah. Uh, so I bought that game instead of Ocarina of Time. Like I had enough money oh. for one or the other. <laughs> yeah. I, I got to work, it's Tim Weaver, Tim Weaver, ex-games journalist, who, a legendary games journalist who wrote that review. I got to work with him years later and I, I let him know that like every day, mate, you made me buy fucking Turok 2 over Ocarina of Time. And I knew within, within like two hours I'd made a huge mistake, right? Mm-hmm. Looking for fucking keys in a foggy corridor. That, um, that's really the, the old thing of, there was nothing worse spending money on a game and it being shite to the point where yeah. because I, I went to my local game shop, Game Centre and the Paisley Centre RIP Kings um, so frequently, the, the the boss was just like if it's shite, bring it back and we'll just put that as the dis- as the display new copy because they didn't always do the thing where you took the discs out and What's put it in the Wii. If it's shite, bring it back. <laughs> if it's shite, bring, bring it back. back. Um, that shop was legendary. I don't know if I've told this story publicly but uh, the Statue of Limitations is well run out um 
the when the PS4 launched, obviously retailers got it in like early. They got it in like the Tuesday or the Friday or something to the Friday release or something like that. And he just sent me a picture of mine, and he was like, "If you can come down within the next hour, I'll sneak it out for you." So he, he he wrapped it in bin bags and took it out the back of the Paisley <laughs> Center and just put it into my dad's car, and I fucking flew down that road, started playing FIFA 14. It was the it was the greatest experience what a of my ledge. life. Yeah. Kids, oh kids God. don't know how good they've got it now. You know, games used to be shit. It was during like <laughs> there were used to be a lot of shit games. Like it was during yeah. that 360 era when pre-owned games became like a massive thing. Because if it, it was the same as what you just said, if something was shit, people would take it back. You couldn't yeah. get away with shit games like you used to in the 90s. You could get away with shit games. Like the bestseller of the year would be some shit licensed like ea harry potter or lord of the rings game <laughs> absolute tripe hey no the first the fellowship game was genuinely terrible i think it was vivendi but two towers and return of the king yep. were um steve papustis and oh. uh that ea team yeah Visceral. and they are genuinely fantastic or at least yep. were but i bet for my... every one of those there's at least five oh, other tripe absolute games they released bollocks yeah yeah. 100%. Yeah, was like it, Aragorn's Quest. I mean, Red, oh, Tales. Genuinely, God. Redfall is one of the top three best games of like 2001. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it came out in 2001. Um, the the guy who was the lead designer on the Return of the King game, Lucy, is now working on Immortals of Avium. And I interviewed him recently. And at the end of the interview, I was like, that Return of the King game was fucking quality. <laughs> Everyone still talks no. about it. <laughs> I did the same thing with Glenn Schofield last year. <laughs> I was like, what was it like? And he was like, excuse me, I'm here to talk about the Callisto Protocol, but let me tell you some shit about working with the Tolkien estate. And I was like, yeah. <sighs> and then afterwards, the, the PR handler was like, that's the best question. I love those games. I was like, yeah, that's a, that's a cultural moment. Um, anyway, we shall wrap up that. If you have any more disappointing games, send them to podcast at videogamechronicle.com. Um, our housekeeping for the week our Dead Island 2 contest is over if you entered that and you won I will have sent you an email so look out for that uh, thank you very much for listening Lucy what have you got going on the rest of this week the busiest woman Ooh, in the business I know uh, about 50 well, video just, shows yeah <laughs> to, a lot of shows uh, head over to youtube.com oh I went Geordie um, head over <laughs> to youtube.com <laughs> slash gamespot to check those out yeah full Geordie come on Jim Ryan it. <laughs> Go to youtube.com slash games but Jim Ryan. Pride of the Northeast, maybe. Um, <laughs> or gamespot.com. My accent is all over the, It's a mess. Um, yeah, to check out all the new stuff. Other than that, uh, the comic book I wrote is out today. Ooh, <laughs> congratulations. Big, Sorry, it's what? a big week for me. What? Yeah. Yes, right. You should have put that earlier. Fucking plug that. That's awesome. Um, Octobriana and the Underground uh, Full Tilt Boogie is out. And then Tam has written a story that's going to be in the next uh, in the next installment that's out in a couple months. So we're very busy. What the Always. fuck is US Games Media? What am I doing here, man? I need to get on. Jordan, what are you doing for the rest of the week, mate? Oh, like, I'm, I'm going to watch, like, I don't know, watch the football later. <laughs> Maybe go to Nando's, cheap, treat myself to a Nando's at the weekend. You're going to watch <sighs> Erling Haaland score 15 goals past West Ham? Probably. Yeah. Um, I'm... I, I'm going to do fuck off the rest of fucking writing comic books. Have you not got enough on? <laughs> no. You can follow me at Jordan Medler on Twitter, Andy at Andy Platonic, Lucy at Lucy James Games. Uh, we'd like to thank the great Grant Kirkhope for the VGC podcast theme song. Until next week, say goodbye, Andy. Goodbye, Andy. Say goodbye, Lucy. Goodbye, Lucy. I will see you 
next time. VGC, a video games podcast, is a stack production and part of the Acast Creative Network.